Hello, this is John Bowling, and thank you for listening to the Franklin First United Methodist Church podcast. I hope you enjoy this and find it encouraging and inspiring. If you'd like to check us out online, go to www.franklinfirstumc.com. Many people are aware of what took place in New Orleans on Tuesday, Fat Tuesday, Mardi Gras. Um, but many people uh, do not understand the significance of a carnival kind of experience uh, because it is the day before the first day of Lent. The liturgical or church season of Lent doesn't begin on a Sunday. It begins on a Wednesday with Ash Wednesday. Uh, this is something that the church, the Church of the Capital C, so we're thinking about the, the Universal Church, has been doing probably since the middle or end of the first century. That is, having some days set aside, three probably, uh, in, in which Christians were asked to fast and pray and to meditate, consider, think about the sacrifice of Jesus. And that, of course, by the 800s uh, came to be known as Ash Wednesday, and finally those days were set aside. Of course, not all denominations uh, honor or uh, celebrate uh, those days, and some do it differently than others. And the United Methodist Church is probably somewhere in the middle. If you were to attend our traditional service, of course, the, the, the pyramids, uh that drape the, the altar and uh, the communion table, the pulpit. Uh, I wear a robe, of course, and uh, what, what, I, what I wear is uh, not a pyramid, but a, but a vestment, a stole, is purple. Uh, the color of the, the season is purple, which is a color of, of royalty uh, when we celebrate Advent, because that's the same color we use during Advent. Uh, but it's also a color that we use to remember uh, a somber season. Uh, and, and, and so we enter into these 40 days of self-examination with the assistance of, of these litanies helping us to focus on specific attributes of Christ, the character of Christ. And we begin today, of course, with prayer. And I'm not going to read for our morning lesson words of Jesus. I'm actually going to read some words of Paul that we find in the 12th chapter. We all know how the 12th chapter of Romans begins. You know, do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And then Paul goes on to talk about how we might do that. I want to pick up in the 9th verse. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with God's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, 
but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge. Some practical advice, if you will, from the Apostle Paul this morning and how we might live the Christian life. And we think today about prayer. Think for a moment in your own reading of the Scripture, particularly the Gospels. How many times have we come across a phrase like this? And Jesus went to a place alone by himself to pray. It happens often in the Gospel story, which reminds us, I think, of two things, maybe more. We need to set aside a time. We need to pray. We, we also need to have times of solitude, not necessarily silence, but times in which we are able to get away from our daily life experience. But just think, immediately following his baptism, Jesus went out into the desert or into the wilderness where he did what? He fasted and he prayed 40 days and 40 nights. He would go there, we read in Luke 6. Jesus went out to a mountainside to pray, and he spent the night praying to God. Last Sunday morning, I read scripture about the transfiguration of Jesus. Do you remember when Jesus was transformed, metamorphosized, before three of his disciples whom he took with him? And it says that Jesus was transfigured while he was praying. We are reminded that the disciples never asked Jesus any stewardship ideas. They never talked to Jesus about how are we to love people. What they asked Jesus was, how do we pray? And he said, when you pray, pray like this. And then he taught them what we call the Lord's Prayer. A six-year-old was visiting her grandmother one summer, and her grandmother went to church very faithfully week after week. This little girl's parents did not attend, and so attending church with her grandmother was really a new experience. And of course, during the time of worship, the pastor led the congregation in a time of prayer. And when he said, let us pray, everyone bowed their heads. And the little six-year-old girl was confused by that, and she nudged her grandmother, and she said, what are they looking for? And that's, that's a good question, isn't it? What, what, what are we looking for when we pray? Are we looking for help beyond our human existence? Are we looking for peace of mind? Are we looking for comfort? Are we looking for courage, healing of our body, of our, of our mind, of our attitudes, perhaps? Maybe we're looking for a specific answer to a particular question, maybe guidance. Maybe we're seeking help, not for ourselves, but for another. Maybe we're looking for deliverance from temptation. Prayer is something that I dare say everyone in this room has done. At some time or another, all of us have prayed. And prayer is a paradox. It is both the most simple thing in which we will ever engage, but at the same time is among the most complex thing 
we will ever do. I mean, think for a moment. What is prayer? Most of us would define that. It's conversation with God. That seems easy enough. We talk to our friends. We talk to our spouse. We talk to our friends. We even talk to strangers. One thing we all know how to do is talk. We can talk. And yet, at the same time, prayer is not merely talking. It's talking to the Creator of the universe. That's amazing if you think about it for just a moment, isn't it? That God gave us this gift of prayer to speak, to communicate with Him. People ask me all the time, what is prayer? And I recognize that there are a multitude of books about this one subject. It is contemplation. It is meditation. It is conversation. It is confession. It is intercession. But really, those are, are ways or modes of prayer, ways that we pray. Prayer itself is simply communion with God. It is being with God. And the reason I'm not defining prayer as conversation with God is because sometimes it's not a conversation. Sometimes it's listening. Sometimes it's just being in the presence of God so that we might be filled with Him, with His Spirit, to be inspired by the presence of God. To be in communion with God is to be cognizant of the reality of God's presence, to, to seek to have, the Scripture encourages us, right, to have the mind of Christ. Now, you and I both know if we have a conversation with one another, we will say, well, we know God is with us at all times. That's the omnipresence of God, right? God is all-knowing, and God is also everywhere at all times, omnipresent. Except that you and I aren't always really completely fully aware of that. It was just a few months ago I was at the Bridgestone Arena for a concert. Do you know what I was thinking about the entire time that I was there? the concert. You know I went to see? I went to see Sade. We got any Sade fans here? That's what I thought. Four of us. There was one time. Do you know who she is anyway? I'm telling you, she, she, sang, she sang this one love song. Our eyes connected for a moment. And, you know, but I'm married and, uh, boy, it's a shame that you don't know who Sade is. But, so for two hours, I was focused on Sade and listening to her. I wasn't thinking about my prayer life. I wasn't contemplating how effective I am in, in living the life of a disciple of Jesus. And when we pray and we have communion with God, we are in that realization that, yes, God is, is with me now here in this moment. And the changes and chances of life, even though we know God is always with us, in the changes and chances of life, we are not always intentional about being aware of that fact. Prayer is an opportunity for us to be intentional about knowing God. It's deliberate. It's intentional. We center ourselves, if you will, to know God's will. So in defining what prayer is, really, we have also defined what prayer is not. It's not merely mulling things over in our mind. Now, we have that practical wisdom from time to time. I mean, my mother used to say before an important decision, sleep on it. 
Now, we might also pray over decision, but that's separate from sleeping on it. You understand? Prayer is not merely mulling things over in our minds. It's not wishful thinking. It is not an attempt to avoid reality. Prayer is not self-help. It's not a way for me to feel better about myself or my situation. Nor is prayer a means by which we attempt to manipulate God. It's the converse of that. We are trying to more fully understand who God is and God's will and desire and intention for us. You see, prayer is functional. It's important that we have communion, a time of sharing, intimate fellowship with Almighty God so that we might be in tune with how He desires for us to live our lives. Our scripture this morning encourages us not to live according to the style or manner of the corruptive world, but be devoted to God and His purposes. And there was this whole list. Be kind to one another. As it is dependent upon you, do all you can to live at peace with one another. Love others and pray. Be devoted to pray. Why? Because God uses our prayers to bring His good and perfect will into being. God uses prayer to transform who we are to what we can be. And in a bigger sense, God also uses our prayers through us to help transform the world from what it is to what it can be. I mean, Jesus said we are to be as salt and light to the world. Those are change agents. So we can pray for all of those things that we have considered. Peace of mind, healing, a specific answer to a particular request. We can pray for guidance. We can pray for others to be helped. And we need to be praying for others, by the way. I'll talk about that in a few moments. So I want you to think this morning about making an appointment with God. I know that sounds so concrete and so specific. Maybe it's not the best metaphor, but I was thinking if we're going to be intentional, deliberate about our prayer life, maybe we need to make an appointment. Not that we need to make an appointment to get, get God's attention, but if, if, if we make an appointment every day at a specific time, then I'm going to be committed to do that very thing that I want to do, which is to pray. I think if we do that, we will become more fully appreciative and aware of God's presence with us in all times, in all places. And I do think it is important, vital perhaps, to set that time to have an appointment with God because I think it can become an anchor in our daily living. Sometime ago, actually it's been several years ago before we moved here, we, we had a family in the congregation and the woman had a job which required her to do much traveling and she resigned from her job, a good job with good benefits and good pay. People thought she was nuts. But you know what she told me? I'm, I'm losing touch with my husband. We're not seeing each other as often. She did it for her family. 
I was walking through the TV room uh, the other night, and the television was on, and some celebrity was being interviewed, been married 26 years or something, which is unusual for, for celebrities in Hollywood. And he said the reason that he and his wife have been married so long, the, the secret to their success was every Thursday was date night. Do, do you hear a common theme here? All of us know that if we don't spend time together with, with our spouse, with our children, with our good friend and neighbor, then we will begin to drift apart. And I think the same thing, very simply, is true in our relationship with God. Very often as a pastor, I hear people say to me, I feel disconnected with God. And it's not because maybe they don't attend church. Very often the people that say that are folks that are coming to church week after week after week, and that's why they're so frustrated. I don't feel connected to God. But maybe what's missing from their life is a time of daily devotion, reading the Scriptures, studying the Scriptures, and a time of prayer to have communion with God. And I want to encourage you today to maybe set up some specific time in your day, and it may be different from your spouse, may be different from a close friend with whom you might have a conversation about this very thing. When I, when I grew up, I had a Sunday school teacher, uh, probably in the third grade, who I still have it, who gave me a uh, prayer card, and it had a glow-in-the-dark cross on it. And I had a huge bulletin board uh, in, in, my, in my bedroom, uh, had two Farrah Fawcett posters on that, on that thing. That, boy, that dates me, doesn't it? And uh, I still have those posters, too, come to think of it. No, I really don't, uh, as far as you know. So I, that, that cross that was on that prayer card would glow in the dark. Uh, and, and that's exactly why she gave us that, is to put it somewhere in our room where we would see that cross when the lights were turned off and we went to bed and we would pray at night. I, I don't pray at night anymore because I go to bed at the last possible second so I can get eight hours sleep because I'm really grumpy and I'm not a morning person, but, I'm, but I prefer to be up at night. So I have another time during the day that I pray. Now, night might work perfect for you or morning. The, there's there's a, a family in our church and, and uh, the wife has told me, you know, she's not a morning person uh, and the husband is up every morning uh, bef before, they, before they leave for the day uh, drinking coffee, doing a, a devotional, and spending time in prayer. He does it at a different time than she does because we're different. We have different schedules. See, the point is just to take time. Find the time and make an appointment with God. It's too easy for us to declare that we don't have the time when, in fact, we can find the time, make a plan, have an appointment, and then stick to it. Too, too many of us, I fear, are only praying when we're led in prayer in a place like this on the Sabbath day in a church environment. But I want to talk to you for a moment before we leave about the posture that we have during prayer. Posture. When I was a junior in high school, we, we had someone come live with us. He was, he was from England, and he lived with us for about six months and uh, he was pursuing the ministry, and uh, he was a lot of fun. 
to have around. I had just gotten my driver's license and Hugh couldn't drive in the state so my parents would let me drive him places and uh, you know my mother was very strict about about snacks and Hugh would take me to Baskin Robbins and pay for it you know in the afternoon before dinner and you know a real good influence and and uh, and, and I and I thought Hugh was kind of odd I mean you know he was from Europe and um, we would go to church on Sunday and when we prayed uh, everybody else did what they were supposed to do you know except for Hugh and uh, I mean this was a big dude he, he was like 6'4 and and he he always sat on the end of the pew and he would look up and turn his palms out now that's just wrong uh, that's not how we pray that's not how I was taught and therefore uh, that's wrong that's not how you're supposed to do it imagine later on in life by the way when I when I learned that when Jesus prayed that, that that's how he would have prayed uh, when the Jewish people went to the temple that is how they would have prayed our early church mothers and fathers that's how they would have prayed uh, and they, they worship standing up too, by the way. Pews weren't added into churches until the Middle Ages. We're going to have a little experiment and do that next week. Anyway, <laughs> off topic. Uh, but, I, but I want you to think about uh, not, not praying the way Hugh did uh, every week, but, but I, wa I want you to think for a moment about his outward posture and what that communicated about his inward posture. Lord, I'm ready to receive from you. What, what, what do you have for me today? I, I am enjoying at this moment, Lord, just being and basking in your presence. Because sometimes we have the opposite posture, don't we? Well, it's one. I told the preacher I was going to make an appointment for prayer. So I'm praying. Uh, that's enough. Amen. Uh, I can check that off on my list, and I've prayed. Are you happy now? You, 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 you see what I'm, where I'm going? Sometimes I think we, we, we think of church attendance sometimes the same way. We, we, we think of re reading the Bible the same way. Well, I read a chapter. You know, well, I, I went in the building. But, but what's the posture of your heart? What's the posture of your spirit? Uh, I think it should be one of joy and delight, of gratitude and thanksgiving. Lord, I am so pleased to be here with you. I know that you have something to say to me today. Well, what about the content of our prayer, of our praying? Certainly nothing is too small to take to God. Now, there are some things... That are, that are silly. Now let's just be completely honest with each other. S sometimes what we ask others even to pray for us is silliness. The first car I ever bought, now I'm using myself as an example here, I'm telling you this was foolishness. The first car I ever bought was a little pricey for me. It was going to be tough for me to make this payment. And so in addition to you know begging and pleading and taking a hand to the guy that owned the car lot, I went to the bank and I prayed that I would get that loan. Now that, 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 that's just foolish. Me getting a loan to own 
a car that really I may not be able to afford, uh, why would that be a significant thing for me to offer to the Lord? Do you understand where I'm going, what, what, I'm, what I'm saying here? It's not that there's anything too little, because I think all things that may trouble us are significant. So it doesn't really matter how small or, or big they may be. And God is interested in us. So we can take small things to the Lord. But I think we need to be serious about being in communion with God and doing God's will and keeping God's will. Uh, you, you know, we've heard people say, now usually it's just kind of an expression. We're going to have a birthday party for our son on Saturday. Pray that it doesn't rain. You know, who do you think you are? Uh, it may need the rain, and the ground may need the rain, and you can go inside for the birthday party. Sometimes it's just a little silliness and, and, and foolishness. But we need to meditate at times. We don't need to talk. We just need to be with the Lord. You know, there's sometimes, uh, if, if you're married or if you have children, sometimes you just want to be with that person, even, even a good friend. Uh, I mean, we've all said it. I, I just don't want to be alone today. I don't want to be alone tonight. And so we enjoy the company of a friend. And there may not even be much communication. Uh, but just to be in the presence of someone that you know who loves you and, and cares for you is meaningful. And sometimes we just need to put ourselves in the presence of God. And then we might be inspired or, or moved in, in some way that's completely unexpected. Sometimes we, we need to meditate upon some scripture. Some of us might, might use some, some different language than meditate. That's a word that we've lost in the, in the church. It's almost become a, a word that belongs to another religion or a different denomination, something we don't do. Of course we meditate upon the word. The Bible tells us to do that. We, we might use a different phrase. I need to chew on that for a little while. Well, sometimes we need to chew on something with the Lord. We, we, need, to, we need to meditate on that with the Lord. Lord, I'm having trouble with this passage. Lord, I'm having trouble with this, with this thought. Uh, how, how can I work my way through this? And just meditate upon it. We need to, to listen more than we talk and seeking guidance from day to day. Something that we need to do, I think, in our praying is to confess. And I think, I think there's a reason why, why the Lord instructed us to confess our sins. Because for years and years and years, I would, I would end my own prayers with, uh, I confess all my sins, forgive me of all my sins, amen. Nice and general. Because I didn't want to get specific. Because some of the specific things I knew that I was doing. You see, that's, that's why we're supposed to confess them. So we'll repent of them. And repent means to turn away. So, Lord, I need to ask you to forgive me for speaking about Paula the way I did behind her back. Because that's called gossiping. And, Lord, the truth of the matter is, I like it. Because if I gossip, uh, then there's going to be a whole group of people that want to be around me because they want to hear some dirt on Paula. Or anybody else I might have some dirt on. You see, to be specific in my confessing my sins so I recognize 
that sin so with God's help I can then turn away from that sin. We need to seek more, I think, to intercede on behalf of others. Uh, I've, I've heard Lorenzo is, is ill and, uh, and so therefore I'm going to ask, maybe I know particulars, maybe I don't, doesn't make a difference, Lord. Uh, Lorenzo is, is ill and, and I just ask today that you would bring healing into his body. We, we pray for his, his wife today that, that uh, she would also receive comfort and strength as she's had to take time away from her work, you see. I think we need to pray for people uh, like our, our leaders. You know, we're not talking politics. It doesn't matter if we're a Republican or Democrat who we did or did not vote for. But we should pray for the president. We, we should pray for Congress. We should, we should pray for people who are representing our nation. We should be praying for people in, in Syria. We should pray for others. Sometimes we also need to remember that we've been asked to pray for those who persecute us. So we are asked to pray for people we don't like. And it doesn't mean that we even have to like that, but we need to do it. You know, I, I, I don't like Jared. He, he's an irritation to the praise band. He, he never stops talking. Uh, he, he brings his girlfriend. I invite him to eat, and he brings his girlfriend with him. And, and since I invited him, I had to pay for both of their meals. I, I, I just don't like him. Uh, but I found out that, that, that his father has, has an illness. And even though I don't like Jared, I know Jared, and I, and I know this is affecting him and his relationship with his fiancée and his family. So therefore, as an intercessor, which is a wonderful gift that God has given to us, isn't it? I, I can pray for Jared. Jared's father is ill. Lord, I just pray that uh, Jared can't take time off from work. He can't go to Oklahoma this week to be with his dad. So I just pray that you would ease his mind and ease his heart. We, we, we can do that, can't we? We can be grown up in our prayer life, can't we? So I want to encourage you today. There's so much more that we can talk about and so much more that I would like to talk about and I see what time it is. And, but what I want to encourage you to do today, and, and just do it for the 40 days of Lent, okay? Six, six weeks. And if it works, just keep doing it. But just as an experiment, if you haven't been praying daily, just make an appointment with God just once a day. No, no, no time limits. Doesn't have to be five minutes or ten minutes or one minute. Just make an appointment to spend some time. Maybe today it's going to be more in, in meditation. Maybe tomorrow it's going to be more listening. Maybe the next day it's going to be more conversing. Maybe another day it's going to be more confessing. Maybe another day it's going to be seeking guidance. Maybe another day it's, it's going to be more intercessory prayer where I'm, where I'm praying, not for me at all, but I'm praying for, for others. What I want to ask you today is if you'll just make a promise to yourself to make an appointment with God. Read that chapter 12 in its entirety today of, of, of Romans. Don't be transformed, excuse me, don't be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind which includes being a person of prayer. Make an appointment with God.
Again, thank you for listening. This is John Bowling, pastor of Franklin First United Methodist Church in Franklin, Kentucky. Hope that you can visit with us sometime and you can find all the information about our church and how you can be involved at franklinfirstumc.com. If you'd like to financially support this ministry, that would greatly be appreciated. And again, you can find our mailing address on our website. Take care.